What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a repeat guest with us, Mr. Ryan Campbell. So Ryan was on episode number 12, which seems like a long time ago because it was, of the PDR Coach Podcast. Um, We basically connected online. You were following me as I do my stories and posts and stuff. and, And I just, through some DMs and some conversations, I saw something in you, Ryan, that I don't see in a lot of other people. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast. The podcast was new. We had never met really. Um, and I figured, you know what, this is a perfect showcase to talk about someone leaving the body shop world and getting into PDR. Um, so that's what we talked about in the last show. This one's going to be about your success you found in the PDR industry over the last year and a half. Uh, the fascinating thing, and I think I updated you about this a little bit ago, Ryan, but it's been it's top five most downloaded episodes I've ever had. Um, and so here's the order that it goes in. So this is like this is like Hall of Fame of PDR. Paul Corden's number one, then Jack Bucknell, Bryce Kelly, Matt Moore, Ryan Campbell. <laughs> so pretty cool, right? <laughs> I'm up there with the top dogs. There. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I looked at that today and I was like, that's pretty awesome. Um, uh-huh. That episode really made a big difference. Probably, probably for a lot of body guys or a yeah. lot of ex body guys or whatever. Um, but pretty awesome. That episode came out in June 17th, 2020. Uh, now we get a follow up a year and a half later and see how it's going. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll start by saying thank you for kicking your uh, foot in my ass and, and getting me to, to take the leap. Um, because our, our phone call before we even did a podcast or anything, you really inspired me kind of open, the open the doors of what I can accomplish. And, and I think your faith in me and me hearing that from you, it it motivated me to do all this, what I'm doing. And just, I want to say thank you because you're a big part in it. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And I appreciate that. And I know I do that with a lot of people, you know, some people I try, you know, bring on as coaching clients. And so my, I have a really big belief in a lot of people and I see stuff in people that, you know, and they doubt themselves. And I've done this with like, I know I did it with Graham in the UK, um, which is kind of a random one as well, but, um, I see stuff in people. I feel like people are way more capable than they think they are. I limit myself too. And I know, and I see it in other people. And so I'm glad I was able to, to help you with that and probably bringing you on the podcast was part of that too, which is kind of a little bit why I did it as well. Just to be like, look, I know this guy can do it. I'm going to, I know you were nervous to do the podcast and everything. And like, we had barely met and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, trust me, it's going to be fine. Um, and so that, that was part of it, but yeah, it's just, it's cool to see, like, to be able to help other people. Um, and to see the success you've had, it's just, it's, it's friggin' it's awesome. Makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. It makes, um, well, makes me, my family, everybody happy too. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, like a year later, we met in Texas after, you know, cause then, I mean, the world was canceled at that point. So there was no live events anywhere, but, um, that was cool to meet you and your wife, Rachel, right? Yep. Uh, yep. anyways, enough of that stuff. 
We can get down to business. We can, we can gush to each other later on the phone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you, you uh, quit your job and started a PDR business and you've been very successful the last year and a half. I mean, honestly, as successful as guys that have been in this 10, 15 years. Um, (laughs) So I'll just start with how (laughs) you do it in one one sentence. I'm just kidding. Start. I guess it, it started off, I think when uh, we did the first podcast, I was literally three days in and had no clue what, what to expect other than, you know, what everybody was kind of telling me what to do and stuff like that. Um, I just set like systems in place for myself. Like it was easy at first when it was only me. Um, I was mobile. I had a little 1000 square foot shop just to do, you know, random things. My brother actually rented the shop with me. We split it when I first started. And uh, once I got a little busier, he, he said, he's like, you know, this is not a hobby shop anymore. He's like, I want to get out of your way and let you, let you go do your thing, which I never would have kicked him out of the shop or anything like that. Cause he's my brother. And uh, mm-hmm. he, but he's seen, what I was doing and, and he ended up, he's like, you need this whole place. So we went from that. Um, I, uh, I ended up after, I want to say eight months talking to the owner of the building, obviously in time I was doing good, busy, you know, I was doing, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to what you're talking about. Um, how did you get busy? That's, that's like, that's the biggest, I mean, I help a lot of people, start their businesses. I help a lot of people grow their businesses. Um, and obviously what you say is not going to be a a golden ticket for everybody, but like, how did you do it? How did you leave the body shop and make a busy PDR business? The real trick was, was this, what I did when I worked for the body shops for, I don't know, I would say three, four years while I was working at the body shop, I would do a customer's job and, you know, give them a card. It just said dent repair specialist. I didn't have an address, no name or anything. So they had my name and, oh, I have a dent guy. I have a dent guy. And then they spread it to their friends. And then while I was working full-time, I built up a clientele and I treated everybody like a friend. Like I still do. It's my motto of my company. You come in as a customer, you leave as a friend. Um, That's awesome. That really helped me build where I'm at now, the word of mouth is better than any, any website presence, anything. Cause you, it's all local customers, you know? Yeah. We can, I can post a bunch of videos that, you know, you see in California, but really it, it does no good unless it's a local, mm. your local community seeing it. Cause that's where you're, you're getting your, your work from. So the biggest thing was just treating people good, slowly building up that client base and, and that good reputation through people while working full-time, because if I would have jumped off and, and went part or full-time doing paintless dent repair, I think it would have been a slow year. Yeah. Um, and I would have had to really pick up the pace with things and, and maybe cut corners on jobs or whatever, you know, whatever could have happened. Um, so I just slowly built it. I made sure I had the time to really talk to each person um, and, and get to know everybody, get to know what happened to their car and, and really just, you know, get in their life and, and help them out. And, and they remembered me for a long time because of that. 
So now um, I, I did end up getting like my website. So when I was going full time, I'm like, all right, I got to get my, my Google presence, my website, all that stuff. You did all that up. before, right? I did that actually, I, I want to say a month, not even a month before I went on my own full time. Okay, so basically, basically when you started, when I started, yeah, yeah. And you started yeah. mid mid, pan, mid pandemic too, like June <laughs> June of twenty twenty, basically. Yeah, which which actually helped me. I'll, I'll be honest. So the way that helped me was my work at the body shop. I mean, every body shop was dead. Nobody was driving. Everybody was at home. Body shops were dead. We were literally playing games in the middle of the aisle because there was no work and I'm flat rate. So you're not making any money. So I told my boss, um, I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I take Fridays off? And what I started to do is schedule my PDR work for Fridays and I would work Monday to Thursday. And then I would come to my shop on Friday and, um, to, to be able to get those customers in during working hours, instead of how I have been, weekends and evenings yeah. <laughs> sure yeah it it really opened my eyes and i'm like man first first friday i like turned a thousand dollars i'm like holy shit if i do this five days a week i think i could quit my job yeah you think and, uh, <laughs> i think so and i'm like there's no way i could keep myself that busy and and you know the head trash in your head mm. and you were a big help motivating me to get that out um and then finally i was just like all right I'm, I'm busy and my phone's ringing. This is after the website's going and I was on Google. So my phone was ringing and I'm at work and I'm answering it. And, uh, I told my boss, this was after mine and your, uh, phone conversation. I'm like, I got to try it. And he was a hundred percent supportive with it. I told him, um, I'm like, I'm going to leave my toolbox here. Let me try this for a month. If, if I fail miserably, I'll be back. I'm going to leave my toolbox, kind of give him, you know, incentive for that. I'm kind of, my foot's still in the door a little bit because I was doubting myself. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think a month, month and a half went by and I went pick my toolbox up because I needed it at the shop. So. <laughs> How much, and that was June, 2020 that you did that, that you did like the, I'll be back maybe thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was very beginning of june because we recorded i know it posted i, I, like I released on june 17th we probably recorded a week or so ahead of time so it was yeah june 2020 when you started yeah. what do you know do you have any idea what you build that month in pdr services that month i'd have to go back and look but i mean it's like rough like, i was i was doing i was doing pretty good i would say that that month we were i was at least 10 to fifteen thousand. Ten 10 to 15 grand that, yeah, no yeah, hail. Yeah. No hail. no hail. No, I literally, since I've been open, I did one hail job. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. We yeah. I, I, uh, I pray to the hail gods to, uh, give old Northeast Ohio a little ass whooping because we can, we, we would love that. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And, that'd be neat. Yeah. With the body shop background, writing cars, moldings, like detrimming stuff. I, I feel if we got hit with a hailstorm, I am, I'm, I'm ready to handle right. it. So, so yeah. So, I mean, Building up before you left was a big important thing, but uh, let me how how far ahead of time did you start doing that before you left? Six months to a year, is that fair to say? Building up like my customer base. Yeah, you were trying. Yeah, like- you were trying to do PDR on the side, nights and weekends, whatever. 
honestly, dude, it was right after I got out of the, the school and I was doing it for that first place that I worked for that, that paid, gave me a little bit of money for the tools and stuff. I was, I was doing dents in my driveway for like my mom's friends and, uh, just so for, to learn. So for like years. Learn. Oh yeah. Yeah. So for, yes, for yes. years, I but I was, I was scared to death. Yeah. To jump on. I could have done it. I would say a good year of like working full time and treating your clients good. But I got that second job after I left the place that gave me the money for the tools. Yeah. And I was great. I was like, I was billing monthly. I was, I was fine. I didn't plan on leaving. So that wasn't the goal. So I could have done it much sooner. For sure. For um, sure. But that place treated me so good that I just kind of like laid off of going yeah. on my own. And so, I mean, I would say like, six months to a year, if you were to start, if you were to start full-time six months to a year, if you were doing that consistently every single day, doing dents for friends, going to the detail shop and doing a demo, et cetera, you can build, you can build that PDR business. If you're consistent with it, I fully believe that in any, in any market in America, um, maybe, maybe some that are crazy saturated will be difficult, but most markets you can do it in. Um, okay. So, uh, what, so you, you, Let's move back. Fast forward to now. You were in that thousand square foot shop. You're doing, you're doing fine. You've been working at this in your mind and somewhat on the side for years. Now you launched it. You picked up your toolbox. You're not going back into the body shop. You got the thousand square foot shop. Where do you go from there? How do you make so, your shop? Cause I want to talk more about making retail shops busy. Cause I think it's the future. So yeah, um, yeah definitely. Tell me how you so, do it. Uh, Obviously, first things first, like social media, all the local car groups, um, everybody in local car groups, like they know me and like from me posting videos, doing dents for their friends, like when you post in like any Northeast Ohio car group, like, hey, I, I need a paintless dent repair guy. My name's going to come up multiple times. It's probably about, I would say once a week or every other week, like one of my friends will tag me and then everybody tags me. So it works. There's a, another friend of mine, uh, Rob at extreme dent repair. He's on the West side though. So he handles West side. I handle the East side. If I get calls from his area, they don't want to drive out here. Mm -hmm. I give him work vice versa. He gives yeah, me yeah. work and, and we were friends and we help each other out stuff. But, um, between his name and my name and on Facebook for Northeast Ohio, you know, it pops up. So the main thing, get videos on it. Like before and afters are good. Um, but people want to see like the big, like crazy things, even if it's like a soft dent, but it's just big and yeah. you work it out and it looks great. And we all know it pops out. Like people want to see that kind of stuff. Um, just educating your customer, talking to your customers too. Biggest thing with having my shop that has kept me busy um, or reduction work because we'll have a job come in and it's like a 12 inch soft dent that we know is going to pop and you can measure it and do everything with the, the price guide. But at the end of the day, like a customer just wants a, a, a rough up. So you really got to talk to your customer, know what they want, know what, what they're expecting. And I always tell them, listen, to make this dent glass gone, perfect, you're going to be in this range. And I, I'll hold my, my phone up or my tablet in front of them show them what it is. You have a body line factor, this, this, this. And it's almost like Gene says with the protractor clothes is you, you don't want to see it straight on. And I explain that to them and 
you can sell a lot of work that you don't have a lot of time into for three, 400 bucks to pop something out and older people that are just going to smash it again in a week. <laughs> they, they've done it multiple times. That's all they want. And I've, I've noticed like not everybody wants their car to be perfect. You know, when you talk to that customer and they come in, you know, the guy or girl that needs their car perfect. Yeah. You, you could just read them um, and, and know what they want. So, so now, that, yeah, that's, that's knowing your customer that, and that's yeah, huge. Huge. Um, I want to know, I wanted to hear from you. You, you don't have a 1000 square foot shop anymore. You have a oh, much no. bigger shop than that. And you have, you're not on your own anymore. You have other people working with you and you're adding services, right? Yep. Am I right yep. about all that? I yeah. want to talk about that. I want to talk about okay. how you go, like, not to be rude. I'm just yep. going to keep you on no, track. You're good. Like selling to the customer. We've done that. We've done that podcast before. I know you know that that's fantastic. You've got to know your customer, et cetera. But how do you get those customers to come to you? How do you go from a thousand square foot shop to a bigger shop and hire other techs and, and add paint services. How do you do that? I think people are, I think people need to know that. I'm not saying you have all the answers, but I just want to guide you down that to see if you can help somebody do that. So, so honestly, my biggest secret is just being honest with people, helping people with their, Mm -hmm. their needs. Even if, even if it's a mechanical question and they call Mm -hmm. me, I I answer my phone. That's like number one thing. They literally, literally probably number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number one thing that, and half the people are like, you called me back. I'm like, yeah, I call, you know, and that's if I'm busy or you just answer the phone or get somebody to answer the phone. A lot of places now, everybody's thinks they're so busy that they can't answer the phone or the phone call that is ringing is a burden, but getting to that, that's the big thing is just treat people good. And the work, the work will come. Obviously we have slow times like today it was snowing, my phone rang only a handful of times compared to a normal day where it's ringing a lot mm-hmm. to a point where I got to like hand my phone off and just say, Jeff, answer this. I got to get this job done. But you just treat people good, treat everybody like they're your friend and you're here to help them. The work will come. Um, the way I ended up getting out of the thousand square foot shop, um, I actually still own the thousand square foot shop. I ended up buying the building. So going back to treating people good and just being there for people. My neighbor, she owns, owned this building. Okay. She lived across the street from me. Wonderful lady. Um, I was friend, friends with her husband and when they were going through hard times and he wasn't doing good, um, I would help them out. She would call me at 11 o'clock at night. This is before I even rented a unit off of her while Steve was alive. This and, is you being a good person. Yeah. I was just, never, I didn't even know she owned a building at the time. And I, it's just my neighbor, it's old, older neighbors. And I just love helping people. And if there's anything I can do, I'll do it. Um, well, she would call me and like, he'd fall out of his chair at night. I'd go over there, you know, throw my clothes on, run over there, help him out. And never in life did I want anything in return. Um, but after Steve passed away, um, his unit was the thousand square foot unit. And I ended up she, she asked me to move in there. She's like, I know you, you work on cars. She's like, I would really like you to rent this. She gave me a good deal on it. I rented it. Well, the three years go by of me renting it. And, uh, the people up here in my shop now, they, they moved out and they were here. They actually built the building for them. And she offered this unit to me and it was $2,600 a month to rent it. And it's just, it's right around 6,000 square foot. It's like 5,800. And I told her, I said, Elizabeth, 
I'm really looking to buy something. I, you know, I, I've been in the real estate. I had rentals, stuff like that, but I wanted a commercial building. I didn't want to rent every place I go to and do dents for there at like my mechanic shop. Every guy that's been there for 20 years tells me, man, if I could have done one thing different, I would have bought this building when I could have, because I would have paid it off by now. Yeah. And yeah. they're still renting it. They don't own it. So that really like clicked with me. Um, and I told her, I said, listen, I don't want to move up there and then go buy a building and leave you high and dry on 2,600 bucks a month, you know, stay there for a year, get it all to my standards and then leave you. Um, I said, if you're willing to sell the building, if it's something that we can pull off, I definitely would, would like that. And, uh, yeah, she sat down with her son-in-law and they came up with a price. I didn't negotiate at all. I think it was fair. Uh, she's like my grandma. Um, so I, I didn't question anything. It was a deal on a handshake and we started the loan process. And then after like six months, it, it was a lot of, lot of work. Um, I did SBA loan and um, it worked out and I pulled it off. I sold one of my rental houses for this big down payment on commercial buildings. So sold one of my rental houses and uh, the market was good for that. So it worked out, bought the building, uh, moved up here, uh, renovated everything. There was a machine shop in here. It was greasy and nasty. So it was, uh, it was months of ass busting, dirty labor. And I did it all myself with a couple friends and, yeah. uh, okay. So I want to go back again. That I love that story. And I just want, like, we were talking a little bit earlier and I was getting the feeling that my listeners were thinking like, man, this guy's, this guy's lucky. I was getting that thought like that. They were thinking that like you, mm -hmm. You went to training and then you had this like great body shop that treated you well. And then you were like prepared to start your business over years. And then you started your business and did like 10 or 15 K the first month. And like, like this guy's like lucky, but this is the thing I don't think people understand is Ryan and, and a lot of other people that you think get lucky bust their ass day in and day out in a lot of different ways with nothing in return. So the reason he quote unquote, got lucky in finding this building and having a good place to rent and all that stuff is because he was giving, he was a good person. He was getting, putting good energy into the world. He was taking care of his neighbor who I, my next door neighbor is a 94 or yeah, I think she's 94. And when I see her out there with groceries, I carry the groceries inside. I don't know if she owns a commercial building. Maybe I doubt it, but I'm just saying like, like you're a good person. You're not getting lucky. I think that people don't realize that how much effort and time and kindness you put into the world. And then these opportunities show up. Right. And, and yeah. then it looks like, it looks like we get lucky. So I just wanted to point that out um, real quick. I know that it may seem like your journey has been um, lucky, but I don't, I don't see it that way because I know that there's just, I don't, I know there's pieces of info I'm missing about why you got lucky. And that piece of info was one of them. Yeah, definitely. And it is yeah. because I, I was thinking like, man, this is like pretty sweet deal. Got this and you bought the building, all that stuff. But like, I didn't know that piece. And that piece is something that most people don't do. It just, it, it, most people don't do that. Um, yeah. And I even now like uh, Elizabeth still likes to come up here with her dog. And this was the building that her and her husband built. And yeah. she has a like key. legacy, right? Like I'm sure yeah, was, she yeah. has a key to my shop. If she needs to get water, use the restroom. She comes up here and does my landscaping. Cause it's her, it's her hobby. She, I say, Elizabeth, if you want to do the landscaping, I love the way you have it. That's how I bought that. The place is immaculate. Yeah. And I said, do whatever you want. If you want to add plants, whatever. Yeah. And her and her dog come up here on the weekends. And <laughs> I say, all I ask is for you to have your cell phone. So if anything happens, you can call me. 
And that's the only stipulation. But yeah. I told her, I said, treat it like it's your building. You just don't have to pay the damn bills and taxes anymore. <laughs> that's so, yeah. So it hasn't changed for her. And, uh, and I, I still, I take her trash out. Me and my son, he's old enough and she gives him his five bucks a month to, to help take the trash that's out. Awesome. Yeah. I so he's that. learning from it too. And, uh, so then, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of ass busting work. I don't like bitch and moan and complain about it. Like the, the tell, rental- tell them a typical day though. Cause I know, I know you're tip- like, if you're, when you're starting your PDR business and you talked about you had rentals and you sold a rental to buy this commercial real estate, that's like that people love real estate. People want to get into real estate, but they're like, can't because they have a business or whatever. So t- tell people what your, what a, a day could look like for you when you do a thousand dollar PDR and you're flipping a house. So my, my typical day is, uh, so wake up in the morning. First thing I do before I even go to bed, check my schedule for, for that next day Mm -hmm. to make sure I know, um, I I look at their names that I put in my schedule. So when they walk through that door, I know their vehicle, their name, and you can call them by their first name. Like, uh, say, Hey John, uh, you brought your F-150 in, you know, how you doing? So morning we work on dents. I'm a full dent guy. I eat my peanut butter and jelly for lunch and eat and drink my coffee. <laughs> Uncrustable. We've discussed that. Yeah. And I live, I live on that sometimes when I'm so busy. And when I leave my shop, I have my truck loaded and I go to straight to the rental house. My, my kids would come up here after like my wife would bring them up, maybe say hi to me. And my buddy, Chris and I, cause on the last house that we did, I, I partnered with him and we would be there and he has kids too one, two in the morning. And it's not in the best part of neighborhood, any flip house, you know, you go in a neighborhood. So we, you know, keep the doors locked and there's people knocking at the doors and stuff, drug deals going down at the stop sign. Cause we were in a corner lot and we were just look out the window laughing, but it was a good time going there. It wasn't, you know, it's a lot of work. And when you're, it's ass kicking work when you're there doing it, but you know what, it, it pays off in the end. And what I've learned from other people is when you're doing that, you, you tell your wife and kids, yeah, you're, you're kind of taking from family time and stuff, but you, you do a month or tell them, Hey, I'm going to go hard for a month. And then you reward them at the end. So there's always got to be a reward. Um, I, I forget exactly who I was talking to that told me that is you let them know that you're going to work hard. And this was a four month deal with this last flip house that we did. Um, and there was weekends that I took a break and took the kids out doing stuff and spending mm. time with them. Um, I would get my kids on the bus some morning. So it wasn't like I was at the shop at 7 a.m. every morning. Some mornings I would get my kids on the bus at 8.30. So you got to kind of compromise a little bit and, and be there for your kids. Don't just fully delete everything. Don't delete helping your neighbors because you're busy. Still help them. Still do everything that makes you feel good. And my, my brother, my mom, my dad, everybody's like, I don't know how you, how you're doing all this. Like, what the heck are you doing? Like, I did a lot this past year and I'm looking back at like some of the things I wrote down and I'm like, how the hell did I do that? I'm still alive. Like it, it's all good stuff, not unhealthy other than eating uncrustables to survive. But oh, yeah, that's but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, but I, no, I, I'm I, on a good I, diet now. So we're good. I feel like, I feel like that's what a lot of times in the beginning, that's what success looks like yeah. is, is, is that. And I, I don't, I think, I think that not a lot of people are willing, are willing to do those things. Um, yeah. 
and they, but, but, but they want to be successful. <laughs> so there's, there's the discrepancy there. And so, um, if you want to be successful in anything or in your PDR business or in PDR business and, and flipping houses or whatever, like you have to bust your ass like period. And you got to do it in a, and you got to do it in an effective way too. You got to, you have to make the right calls and you have to talk to the right people and you have to treat people the right way. You can't just work a lot of hours. You got to do it effectively. And I think that's kind of the idea I want to get across. Like if you want to, if you want to have a successful PDR business or start a shop or add services or do any of those things, like it's all doing any of those things is all another step. And it takes a, a, a level of work to, to make that happen, to, to make that the execution of that. And it's sometimes it's late night. Sometimes it's a season of life where you're working 12, 16, 18 hour days for a while. And then you take a step back. Um, and I guess I kind of want to get that across to people um, because I feel like, I guess in the world in general, that seems to be missed out on. It seems to be like they want success because they see it, but they're not willing to do that. Yep. Like they're not and willing then, to, go to work till 2 a.m. and wake up at 7 a.m. once, let alone yeah. consistently. Consistently for four months. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I've been in those seasons of my life too. I'm kind of in one right now where, yeah. where you know I am taking over a PDR business from my parents. I'm, I'm, I'm adding a business, essentially creating a business, restore FX. I'm running a podcast. I'm coaching several clients and I'm a family person and I'm a dad and I still do those things. So it's fucking crazy period. Yeah, you're it's, doing a damn great job at it too. Yeah, it's, it's, I haven't dropped the balls yet or the plates yep. are still spinning. So um, no, you're good. I can't you do it, it forever though. I know that. Yeah. Um, nor do I want to, but it is, it is what I'm committed to probably till the end of February at this point. And, um, so anyways, yeah. uh, a big thing, a big thing is like what I told myself when I was doing all this shit and I had my nose of the grindstone, just busting ass, like you, a, a human can feel pity for themselves, like feel bad for themselves when they're doing like all this work. You're like, well, what do you know? What do I what am I doing this for? What do I get out of it? And then you feel bad, like for yourself, don't do that. You, like what I do is like, I almost get pissed off. Like, man, I could do more and mm -hmm. almost tell myself, like, like, keep going, you little bitch. Like, <laughs> don't stop. Don't have those the head trash of don't be a pussy. Just get the, get the shit done and get it done now. And then you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Do your job, get it done treat your family good, treat everybody around you good, keep a mm -hmm. smile on your face. And at the end of the day, like I'm sitting here now in my shop and when I go home at night and everybody's gone, I, I sit here and I'm like, holy shit, like this is like my dream and, and it's here. Now I'm at that point. Now I got to take the step up a little farther. Dream, and dream a bigger dream, a bigger dream. <laughs> dream a bigger dream. Yeah. Like, right. I, I'm living my dream right now, but you're here. And it's like, what now? And I, I now we're, like you said, we're adding, uh, we're adding a, a, a prep station. Um, and we have, uh, a mixing station, mixing bank that came in today. We're using Valspar paint. Um, it's the matrix system. It's smaller, it's a smaller mix station. Uh, and it should do the trick for getting us off the ground. Um, it's amazing to have that here. Um, we offer like windshield chip repair. Now uh, we're putting like wheel flares and running boards, all kinds of stuff, accessories on trucks, whatever my customers ask, I can do it. 
my, my guy, Jeff, he's a helper. Um, and I do, I have two employees now. I'm hiring a third one, January 1st. He's moving from Maryland. He uh, is a great kid that found me um, online. Again, your online presence isn't just good for getting jobs. Look at that. He saw my, he saw my hundred and something five-star Google reviews. And he's, he said, I was looking to move to Menor. My girlfriend lives there. I met her online. We've been dating for years. He, and he called my phone, like he was a customer and I just started talking to him and he's been here twice already Thanksgiving. And then just the other day, um, I took him to dinner to get to know him and yeah, he does wheel repair. He's been doing PDR for two years. Um, great, great kid. And Man, you're he, lucky, dude. You got lucky again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> just I'm so happy. Now I just got to make sure I keep him busy. I don't care if I have to give him my work yeah. and I go out selling jobs. Like at least now I have him, Tom, and Jeff. So I got three guys to keep busy. Jeff is uh, kind of my assistant. He's great at disassembling, doing odds and ends. Yeah. Um, we have um, a rule. It's not really on our website or anything, but any job $500 or more in the shop, we give it an exterior detail just something we do. And I don't advertise it. I just tell the customer when they're here, like, Hey, um, anything over 500, if they're like five, you know, four I'll help them out. And I, <laughs> I tell them what we do. And it's kind of like a little perk that isn't advertised, but we just, we do it just to make the customer happy. And, and it definitely goes a long way. Um, but yeah, now with employees, that was a whole nother thing to learn and, mm-hmm. I have one hourly and then the, the two guys are commission. Um, so commission guys, it's not very, it's not that stressful because they're, they're motivated. They always want to work. Yeah. The, the hourly guy, you, you really got to, uh, you got to stay on and, and it's my job to keep him busy. So it, it's another job for me, but at the end of the day, he, he, it helps me so much. He, he could jump out, write an estimate. If I got to run out, um, and do a mobile repair, which you, you mentioned that earlier. We still do yeah. mobile repairs. We still do some, uh, wholesale dealerships, just the good dealerships, yeah. we stick with. the ones that treat you good. Um, we, we still do. Um, I send Tom, he usually does those, those dealerships. And if he gets behind, I go help him. But having a guy at the shop, you got to remember to have somebody at the shop. If you have a location, yeah. um, I have a, a key drop box and a key lock pickup box. Those are two big things. A lot of people overlook is delivering cars. Like say I have three cars here that are dropped off, get all three of them done. Now the rest of your day is calling those customers to have them pick it up. If you get a call from a body shop and you got to run out, you're one guy. Now you got three people that are trying to come pick their cars up and you're out doing. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. So that's a lot to juggle when you have a location. Now with employees, you're, you double your, yourself up and now somebody else is here. Um, I can go out and do that. Jeff can bill them out, ship the car and, and do all that. So it's definitely a two man job when you have a location, especially a, a bigger location and, uh, and one that's open 8.30 to 5 p.m. You, you gotta have somebody here. Sometimes we'll put a sign in the door that he's going to lunch if I'm not here and we're closed during lunch hours. But, uh, and when we go on vacation, it's, we were just, uh, me and Jeff, uh, my employee, we went on a hunting trip. So we closed the shop down and that's something that I've always wanted. Like working for people is like hunting season for me is a big thing going ATVing, dirt bike riding. And 
to take your employees and, and do something like that with them, it it just means the world. Yeah, it matters. To, like, hey, we shut the shop down. That's on the back burner. Let's go have fun. We did good. Mm-hmm. And uh and and reward people, treat treat your employees like people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm hoping everybody I have here, the first hires I've ever had, and I'm hoping they retire with me. Um and and we go day to day. We communicate. I'm open and honest with them, like, hey, we're doing fucking shitty this week. <laughs> we need to do something. Like, be honest with your employees. Like, they don't need to know the exact numbers, but like you just be honest, like, hey, we we gotta get something turned around, start calling all the estimates that didn't show up and and work as a team and uh and just be open with everybody. If if Jeff comes in, he's pissed off, or Tom comes in, he's pissed off. I I'll sit down and talk to them. I ask them what their goals are, what they want. And, um, and they're not always what your goal is. They're not what, when you own a shop, it's you're, you're thinking totally different or you own a business, you're thinking different than your employees. So all this stuff I learned in, you know, the PDR 20 group, talking to you guys, um, talking to other, other people, even customers of mine that own big businesses. I talk to them and, uh, just trying to learn from, from people. Yeah. Yeah. the, The stuff I'm learning, like from just customers and friends and like, you know, PDR 20 group friends and stuff. It, it, it's eye-opening to, I've learned more this year than I've learned in my whole entire life. I'll be dead honest. School had, had nothing on this year. Like my yeah, whole, was, I mean, it's real life though. I and mean, this is real life, real life yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, you, you can't just give up. You can't just, Oh, I don't want to do that homework. Like when you're in high school and you just don't do it. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, a week of giving up your business could be in, in jeopardy. Like you, you, there's no giving up. There's no turning back. You do it. And uh, like I said, you just don't feel bad for yourself. Treat yourself good. Reward yourself and your family when you do good. And it's, it's amazing. Like I got to keep, sometimes I get too serious with the work. I got to keep in mind, like to keep it fun. So that's another thing where I kind of get a little off with, I'm like, I get stressed out. Like, Oh, this job needs to go this. I got to like, I step back and like, thank God we have the fucking job here, yeah. you know? And you step back and you, you have fun with stuff and it makes your life a lot easier. How, how do you, so you, you mentioned there, there's a lot there, honestly, like you're giving us so much good information, honestly, of like growing your shop, treating employees, right buying commercial buildings, being a real, like all of that, probably listen to this podcast more than once. I would imagine to get, get all that information because there's so much good stuff there, but you talk about joining 20 group. I'm in the 20 group. You're now in the, in the 20 group uh, with Gene and, and I, or whatever you're in the 20 group now. Um, I don't think you joined the first round when I did, but you are, you joined the second round. Anyways, yeah, it was the now. 20.2 and then we merged. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you joined like a year later or whatever, but now you're in it. So how, I know a lot of that you learn, the stuff you learn comes from that. You know, we have monthly meetings. Um, You get to talk to other people in the group, um, have conversations with them. We learn a lot in the Facebook chats and the Facebook groups and everything like that. People, there's a lot of people who don't believe in that stuff. (laughs) They don't, I don't know if it's like an ego thing probably because I used to be that way a little bit. Like I felt like I knew everything and didn't, you know, other people, like I understood business and other people couldn't teach me stuff. I've been in, I've been in that space before long time ago, but I remember it. Um, 
so maybe that's why people don't join. They're like, ah, what could I learn? I don't want to spend, you know, a few thousand bucks or whatever to join something like that. Um, what's your mindset on that? Like, how can you help people, you know, get over the, like thinking that they can't get help from a group of their peers? I would, uh, I like, if it's the money to them, like I would put that aside because of the, like I long, I long done forgot about that little investment that I, that I did in the group. Like I've already got that back tenfold. Like yeah. the, just having the, the friends and I mean, shit, a, a vacation really, when we go to MT, when we go to Gene's shop and, and meet up, it, it is a, a vacation for me. It kind of pushes you to go do things and go learn, go meet people and, and bounce ideas off each other. Um, I think that, the the scary thing is that people don't know what they are going to get out of it. And, yeah. and uh-huh. let's be honest, everybody is, everybody has a little bit of greed in them and they feel like, well, I want to make sure that I get it. Don't think like that. That's the first fucking issue that people have is if you think like, what am I going to get out of it? Go into it thinking like, what am I going to bring to this group and the friends I'm going to meet? And then you always have that opportunity to call somebody. I can call you. I can call Gene. And talk to your friends. Like I, I have an issue. Like if there's a day where my mind's not right, I'm pissed off at something like I could call any of any, anybody. And, and they're in the same situation as me. Um, and that like that alone, that learning, like the videos that Gina and Melissa set up for us, like I never in life would have thought to even like do something like that. And it's just having those are freaking amazing. Like all my friends, when I posted the first one, um, like the bio video, they're like, they're like, wow, like you, that is, that is a professional video. I'm very proud of you. There's a lot of crap on the internet that, that mm. you see of people's video. And this is a real professional that that's amazing. Like I had, I think 10 text messages from posting that up, yeah. that, that video shoot alone, it, it got me out of my shell. I'm not a video guy. I, I fucked up that bio so much. And, and Melissa was there to coach me and like, all right, Ryan, this is how you're going to do it. When you have like the lights and camera, and there's car sounds in the background that were like pausing the camera and stuff. It was, it was just the coolest experience in my life to just sit there, even though I fucked it up so bad. And then they, <laughs> they were able to like fix it and like, and she's coaching me through it. And with her there just saying, Hey, this is what you do. You're fine. Do it. Everybody is at this in this situation where they're sitting in front of the camera. I kept twisting and fidgeting and she'd be like, Hey, Stop, stop doing that. Ill, so, yeah. Sit down, quit, quit fidgeting. Yeah. But uh, the end result of that is just, it's just amazing. And, and that like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of all the, the stuff that the group brings. Um, and that, is- I mean, and, and, and not to like sell like the 20 group necessarily, but just like putting yourself in that position, like just no, t- yeah. learning from other people. Yeah. going to MTE, maybe a 20 group, uh, there's one-on-one coaching. There is talking, there's make a mastermind group with your own, with your own two or three friends locally. And just like always try to learn from each other and then give without, give without expecting anything in return. Like you said, like yeah. helping your neighbor shit comes back to you, go into the 20 group, go into a mastermind group, go into a relationship by trying to help that person. Um, yeah. and then you may get something back in return. Um, that's yeah, kind of never expect anything back in return. Uh, yeah. You always go into something like it to, for me, it's just natural for me. Cause I, 
I love helping people. I love that feeling of like a customer picking their car up and they're ecstatic. Like they don't even care about the price. Honestly, I don't even care about the price at that point. <laughs> they're happier than hell. And I'm like, holy shit, like that, that's awesome. They leave feeling great. I'm great. Like I, it never expect anything in return when you go, like even the way I went into the PDR 20 group, I'm just like, I, I honestly, I was hoping to, to bring more value than what I received. And I, I didn't really expect a lot, but I, I mean, I've gotten so much back. And like you said, just getting, breaking out of my shell to, mm. to do that video. Like I went there and like, there wasn't no backing out of the video, you know, I, you, you put yourself in a situation that you never would normally, I wouldn't hire somebody to come to my shop and video me. Like I never would think of that. Mm -hmm. I'm always doing like selfies on my cell phone. Yeah, and exactly. since, since Jack Bucknell, I've been trying TikTok and I'm learning that. Yeah. So I, I take a bunch of video, go home. And when I'm, when I'm at home, I like will mess with it. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> on my phone. So, TikToking. TikToking. Make me dinner. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Virtually. That's another thing with your relationship. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, yeah, be very respectful to your wife because they don't know, like we're at work, we're not at home taking care of the kids. They, they don't care what we're doing, even though we know we're working our asses off doing everything we can. They don't know that. So you got to just go home, leave everything at work and go to your, your duties at home. I was putting a sliding door in for her to make her happy just the other day. So <laughs> nice. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's, a, uh, there's, there's a ton there. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of great info. Uh, hopefully people can absorb that, but um, I'm, I'm proud of you seeing the success over the last year and a half. Like I know you're going places. I'm happy that we're in the group together. Happy that to see you do it. And uh, quite frankly, I learned stuff from listening today too. So um, anything else, any other tips you want to leave guys before we wrap it up, put it out into the podcast world. Yeah, just uh, well, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, when we did the first podcast, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers me mentioning the guy that I went to training with uh, a friend of mine that we kind of pushed each other and he wasn't really getting into PDR because he was yeah. doing body work. Do well, he passed that. away this year. Oh, and uh, yeah, he was uh, he died at 43 years old. He was in, in good shape. Uh, I think it was a heart aneurysm or heart attack but it was unexpected. Uh, and my back then, if, if you guys listen back to that episode, I wanted to get him motivated to get his own PDR thing started and push him to get it going. And, uh, and unfortunately you can't do that. So like with you losing your dad and everything, you just, just, you, you gotta enjoy your friends, enjoy people around you treat everybody good. You never know what's going to happen. And just, uh, you got one life. So kick ass and go for it. And honestly, that, that is what, that's, what's driven me. And even more so recently is that like, I want like, however you define success. Cause I can define it a lot of ways. Like I am a father, a husband, um, a business owner in a couple different spaces. And I want, I want to be successful in, in all of those things. And, uh, I got one shot at it. <laughs> so when I'm tired, I think about mortality when I'm lazy, the same thing when I'm, um, scared, the same thing. Like I get 
you get one chance and it might end at 43 for your buddy might end at 64 for my dad, hopefully 95 or 110 or maybe 150 by the time you and I are old farts. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see with technology these days, but um, that's what motivate. That's a big part of what motivates me is, is to go out there and find is find success and try to leave a legacy and show my kids what's possible and, and, and build something from nothing because yeah, you don't, you just, you don't know, you don't know when, when your time's up. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's where we all started at nothing. So, you know, it's uh, like, I, I look back at where I was and, and started as a detailer at, I was making shit, eight bucks an hour. And yeah. I never, it never inherited anything or anything like that. And it's just, you know, you got to start somewhere consistency is key. You know, you stay consistent. I have daily goals. You don't always hit them, but you shoot, shoot for the sky and try to hit them and treat everybody good as you're doing it. And, uh, and you're going to get ahead, just be consistent, make smart decisions. And, uh, then that's how I got to where I'm at. That's like my, my secrets, just treat, treat people good, work hard, be consistent and just try to be the best you can be. You know, that's like, I, I don't go to church and stuff all the time as much as I should, but you know, my, my church in my head is just uh, be a, be a good person. You know, if you wouldn't want somebody to do it to you, don't do it to them and treat people good, be honest with them. And it's, it seems so simple, but it's yeah. the truth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. So, Ended on right, that. Man. Thanks for saying that. It was, right. uh, keep it up, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.